Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Games Who Never Play, the gaming exploratory podcast. And you are joining us for part four, our review, after as we wrap up our month of Overarms by Rookie Jet Games. Now, uh, this is a first game from a small studio, which is something we appreciate very much on the podcast, but we like to give an honest critique and an honest look. Let's go ahead and meet our table, starting with Mason McDaniels. Hello, I am Mason McDaniels. Also go by Jameson, uh, GM underscore Mace online. Um, I've written a few games uh, for Dungeon in a Box, as well as some stuff for Pinnacle Entertainment. And the upcoming release of Quest of Yours from Pixar should be coming out soon. Oh, I forgot about uh, Onward, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Nice. <laughs> it came out at the beginning of the pandemic, and everyone's like, oh, that was years ago. Oh, Actually, I remember it. 1863. Uh, we are also joined by Ryan Omega. Hello, I am Ryan Omega. I am a live stream producer and host, as well as a producer of podcasts. Uh, one of the biggest things I've done this year was be one of the game designers behind D&D Live. This year, um, creating Reality RP, which is a mixture of an online LARP as well as a reality um, TV elimination show. And I was one of the live stream co-producers for Indicate this year. Very cool. Also, Obfuscate. And Obfuscate. Yes. <laughs> Whoop, arms up. <laughs> uh, we are also joined by Nikki Wallen. Yeah, I'm Nikki. Um, I write reviews for uh, video games on GameCritics.com, as well as do streams like this. Um, that's most, and then shit post Twitter. <laughs> um, absolutely. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, who we are joined by uh, Nico, Nico Paoli, who played uh, Alexis Contos in our actual play. How are you doing, Nico? Doing good. Uh... Hi, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna launch into to a thing, and then I was like, oh wait, I'm not actually playing Alexis today. So, yeah. <laughs> right now, I guess. Eh. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Nikki, this is your first time on the podcast, uh, along with you, uh, Nico and Ryan. So mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and kind of give you an overview. What we like to do is start with a discussion on character creation, as that's something we do live on the podcast. So uh, what were your thoughts on it? Because uh, it seemed, it feels very smooth to me, but I'm also kind of a fanboy for this game. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, Nikki? Yeah, I mean, because I, I looked over it a little bit because I'm a huge Persona fan. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and when I looked at it, it looked really, really simple, which it is, but I wasn't sure how that would play out. Um, and like because like it seemed like you kind of I wasn't sure how many tangible things you could do with your character or your anima or whatever. So, but you could actually construct it in a pretty decent way. Like in my opinion, not like it had enough depth to it while being simple that it was like interesting to me. Uh, Ryan, I noticed you're nodding. Uh, you agree? Yeah, uh, very much agree with the system. This reminds me of an earlier game that I played that one of my friends uh, ran. He ran a um, Dungeons and Dragons um, 2E game, but he simplified everything uh, um, to the uh, the point where uh, it was like a it was like a um, how do I say it? There were only like five stats as well because that's all they really needed. I like how you match the die roll to a particular stat that makes things very very easy um i like how the abilities are very custom but in my brain um, unless you are a certain type of game runner um that might be almost too much power and you might need like a certain type of restrictions of you can only do this so if you are a free-flowing type of gm that's very loose and uh and can run with that like this is a very good uh system it's also a very good system for kids if i were to run a game for kids that were uh like seven to ten like i would start them off on this before giving them D. Really? um that's how, how i love how accessible 
this type of game is and um, very good with math. If I only knew um, certain things like how they attack and what some of the specials were, um, that's the only other thing that I would love to have known. But I also realized for an overview like this, you're only getting a sample of what you are getting. But I was very pleased with how this system worked. In fact, uh, just now I bought the <laughs> because I want to be able to run this for I, other people, especially if I'm playing with kids, then this would be a good intro game for them. Yeah, yeah I bought uh, the hardcover too, but it reminded me a lot of like Kids on Brooms and like the simplicity of it. There mm -hmm. is a kind of a thing I'm noticing right now with a lot of uh, smaller modern games where uh, they're moving even for they're moving kind of in this direction closer to Savage Worlds, but still even more accessible because Kids on Bikes, Kids on Brooms, Teens in Space uses a very similar dice mechanic, but this one does it in a way that's a little more. I use the word crunchy, and I want it on record. I'm being very generous with that word here because this is not a crunchy system in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, now, Mason, you're a huge fan of Kids on Bikes, which uh, you know I think this owes a comparison to. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think it's very reminiscent of Kids on Bikes, Kids on Brooms, Teens in Space, um, that whole... Uh, spiel and I feel like they were developed sort of in tangent with one another I don't believe the studios had any connection or any conversation with one another while they were going through this yeah I don't think I don't think Rookie Jet has uh, any connection to Renegade right so I think it's just something in the zeitgeist where it's like we want to play something rules light and fun and get to role playing no we don't want your goddamn percentiles and degrees of failure let us play our games Um, now, Nico, this was also your first experience with the game. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, character creation? Did you think, like, for a vertical slice, do you feel like it, you got a good taste for what this game offers? Or Yeah, I think that there's a... I think, A, I think we, we did a good job covering a lot of it, at least with regards to the character creation side. Um, there was a lot of really interesting stuff with regards, like a lot of things don't really go over the bio appearance inventory, like that section or, or um, things like status and money beyond just like, think about these things and giving you some question. This had a little bit more like, it had a little bit more by way of like having, uh, having some of the questions, what kind of emotional characteristics do my characters possess? Does my character possess? You know, what is my character afraid of? When, when and why did my character gain an anima? Like the things that are a little bit more in depth than just the, what's my goal? What, how old is my character? What, what drives my, and like, there is some of that um, in both in the questions and like you have virtue, vice and drive. Um, but it, it guides a little bit more, which is a little bit new player friendly, which is nice, um, especially newer players who aren't avid gamers. Um, I play a lot of tabletop games, so some of that was redundant to me, but might not be to a someone where this is their introduction to gaming or at least their introduction to the style of gaming. Um, I agree with Ryan. This is definitely something I could see. We We have a toddler in the house, and when she gets old enough, I could definitely see us pulling this up as a game to play a la a Power Rangers style game or a Digimon or Pokemon style game. Um, it's, yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's nice. I like that they give you, and like, this is just me being, looking at this and being like, huh, that's fun, is like, they have a bunch of ways to get passive in, like they have the passive income, they have the like ways to earn an income, and then they have alternatives to earning money. And I like that they put Miracle on there. Just because it's just fun. It's just fun yeah. to be like, and now I have this inheritance that I've acquired. Aha! Um, My long lost aunt died. Who knew? It's, uh, but yeah, it's it's got some good stuff. I, assuming we are lumping the anima creation in all one section, given that it is all part of character creation, mm -hmm. the one thing that is rough, especially for new players, um, is is coming up with abilities um it's a yeah. little bit it's a little bit more difficult in this format just because we we are on a time crunch we have to kind of do things on the fly um and they give you a, a decent amount of good examples both in the full anima 
examples. And then just above that, they have like able to teleport, able to create, manipulate acid, able to create, manipulate sound. And so they give you a good variety of samples, but a lot of them, like even just looking at this, there's a decent number, but I'm like, what happens if you want to play something where there isn't a, a thing that is exampled? Like I like to play support roles and I was able to kind of start working with steam breather to figure out maybe what that ability like that could look like. But the only other real big support stuff is they have like teleport to, uh, to a place in an image and kind of become and turn things into two dimensional objects. Like there's some hackery stuff. There's some, there's some stuff like that, but a lot of it is very much like, okay, well, is a lot more combat oriented or a lot more like, what can I do that is more problem solving than like group support-y? Yeah. It would have um, been nice if they had some sort of like a, almost a, a Mad Lib style power generation. Uh, I do abjur, abjur, and that is because of this. And it kind of like guys. Cypher. Yes, exactly. Similar to Cypher. Like something like that, I think would be like, oh, I, I now know what realms to kind of aim for and what the out of combat benefit would be. Here's in combat what it does. Here's out of combat what it does. That's actually a super good idea. I would lump on though that also I think it was a little bit like, because I didn't get the whole like level one, level two. I mean, I can kind of see a progression now, like how we could potentially make our characters more powerful, but like examples, not only just of just a straight up power, but like how to scale it for like whatever the power level is that you're going for. Cause it does have the, you know, like the, what ability one, two and three kind of things. Right. So yeah. Level, As yeah. you level up, you gain more abilities. There's doesn't seem like there. I mean, I, I appreciate having it be free form, but also it's like, give Too me at least something form. to hold on to. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do see that. Um, now over arms was initially kind of, it was initially pitched as sort of, the JoJo game. Um, but as it's developed, it's kind of taken on a bit more of a personality of its own. Uh, it still has that uh, distinct, do you even pose uh, smell, but um, you can definitely do Persona. You can do as stated Digimon. You could do Shaman King, which I still haven't watched. Don't at me or do Stephen J. Pope 22 on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually, so I feel like that's kind of a holdover from when it was the JoJo game because I feel like had they thought a bit more of like the generic, you have a second thing you use to fight with system, they would have been a little more guided because in JoJo you do have like, oh, my stand spews out a corrosive chemical that melts faces and mine is a toy airplane. Like, there's definitely a power imbalance, and a lot of the fun of that show and that comic comes from sort of watching people get creative with these bizarre and imbalanced powers. But at a tabletop, that's a little bit intimidating. And, um, you know, Nico, you have a very valid point, because there is not a lot in the way of, like, healing or assisting, uh, given as an example. So I do feel like that's a bit to the game's detriment. Yeah. Yeah, at least have more examples or at least like kind of like a list of like areas that things could do something with a little bit more tangible offerings. I think it might be nice. Just like mm -hmm. a, a couple pages, you know, or even then like an ad lib type generator if you want to tie up. Yeah. Maybe offering both. Offering yeah. both the, hey, if you want to juggle some weird stuff, let them go crazy. Otherwise, here's a flowchart. Yeah, something like that could be really great. You know, it would have been nice if they included like a, a free one-shot adventure of like The Awakening. Mm -hmm. Like here's what The Awakening is like in this example. I mean, grand right. skin, it's whatever you'd like it to be, but there you go. Not looking at the book at all, some sample mods would definitely be in order. Um, especially there are many game runners, first time game runners, who might look at this as I want to run this game because it's simple, but then they still need the structure of, oh, how do I run a game? So those mods are going to help and specific mods like the Awakening of Powers are going to be especially helpful if you are dealing with both a new GM as well as new players. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I 
believe that uh, they did release a free module on the RookieJet website. Um, it is not, however, not in the book. And I am of the opinion that if it's not in the book, it, uh, you know, doesn't really count. <laughs> well, no, it's, errata has its purpose, but I'm going to review what I can hold in my hand. Going for the Star Wars reference, sorry. Um, no, I totally got it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I... Like I do, I do feel like I mean, obviously we're doing a really short game and everything, so time is short. So you probably didn't want to do like a whole like how we got our powers thing, but like I don't know, just like sample ideas of how that happens, or like I mean, because I would obviously go the persona route, but that would be obviously a bigger setup and everything else. You get it through trauma. Yeah, <laughs> and his persona. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, like to have like you know more about that i think could be good just to not just have them i don't know i mean you could but yeah oh i i hear what you're saying i'm wondering if maybe when they pivoted away from being the jojo game which uh for those of you who don't know when you get a stand in jojo it is effectively from uh trauma and a shrug like you got one because you're a special and you needed it at that moment. So it happened. Don't worry about it. Move along. I thought this was the Shaman King game. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Don't at me. <laughs> okay. You can keep doing that. I'm going to explain Shaman King to you. Keep it up. Welcome to our Shaman King fan cast. Um, oh, yes. Now, this brings up something I was wondering about. It did do you feel like the game's attempt to be a bit more of a generic system is to its detriment? No, not necessarily. Um, no. I think that if you want something, the thing is like if you wanted something really persona, you could probably make do with this, and you could just add a few house rules or something. Oh, or same with like if you wanted to make it SMT and you wanted to have bargains with various anima or whatever, you could probably make some house rules up for it. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that, I think it just would be nice to have a little bit, again, about, especially about the abilities, but, but kind of, but other than that, I'm, I think that's my opinion. It very much falls into the same trap that the first Kids on Bikes uh, had, where it was two, uh, or I'm sorry, not Kids on Bikes, on the Tiny Supers uh, system, where it's two rules light, I'm like, oh. yeah, I get it. You roll one die, and then if it hits a number, you succeed. Great. That's not an excuse for not designing your game. <laughs> put a little effort into this. Because you right. put it on the actual cover. Oh, it's like Persona or uh, JoJo. But if it's like Persona, I'm swapping out my Animus. I'm, I'm flipping them. So having them on my sheet is not really conducive to that. Sure, I'll have one that I use all the time, but, oh, this guy is weak to fire, so I'm going to swap out my ice guy for a fire guy or, you know, whatever poison. Well, I, I, yeah. I kind of disagree with you on simply the basis that I feel like the game is designed. <laughs> like the game feels complete to me and I feel like it's a steady enough package, but it could use a little bit more meat on its bones that I will give you. But well, saying like roll a D six and if you beat the number, you succeed in a game system. You are not. Hmm. giving me like oh this is what uh having a, a a drive this is what that entails and here's examples of it in play um here's how your animus uh forms or its abilities and structure in that area like i'm not okay, saying give me <laughs> i'm not saying like give me a full-on uh GURPS system with heavy lines and mm -hmm. and edges here but a little more structure a little more meat on the bones a little more design, like rules for swapping out my Animus with something else would be good because that's not in the book. No, it, yeah, that's the fair. Biggest, the biggest, I don't mind like you, you hit the target number and you hit and stuff. Like, I feel like that's, I don't know, but I mean, I can get what you're saying, but for rules, like, I feel like it's okay. I just, for me, like when it comes to like what I was saying, like just to make it, if you're going to make it just more than just Jojo, you're going to make it Persona 2 or Shin Megami Tensei, you're going to have like deals and fusions and like, you know, like swapping them out. So maybe have a little bit more robust rules for like, if you wanted to play it that way, you could, like, it's not, it's not required. And that was one thing, that was one thing that stood out to me when I first looked at it. And I was like, this could use, 
these rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like some sort of like overdrive uh, mechanic. Like, oh, my Animus is in like, you know, ultimate form or some BS where they've fused with another Digimon and now they can do this other thing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So when I was told that this game was like Persona, that was kind of what I was expecting. I was expecting that these various animuses or anime, anime can <laughs> use with other anime and create new things. But that was just because I didn't know anything about the system. I think the system is um, pretty um, complete, um, but doesn't mean it's complex. It just means that it's um, like a simple, it's a simple system, but it also is a very locked system as, because the system itself operates on one important premise, and that is you have a person and you have essentially a god or spirit that you're associated with. So there's always a symbiotic relationship, and that is the crux of this particular design. In my head, this is like a very simplified, simplified version of a D&D warlock. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, it's a great way to introduce it. And I actually kind of prefer this over the rules for warlocks because the warlocks rules are like, I want it to be cool, but it is just, there's too many complications with the, how they executed it, but this takes it to its bare essentials. But if you're not looking for a game that, uh, that is, that doesn't feature like a symbiotic relationship, then you have to look for another system because this system is based on that specific relationship. Yeah, that's why I was saying, like, just have, like, extra rules that if you want it's not... Because it's kind of like you're, like, not the main character of a Persona game, but you're, like, the side character who can't switch their Persona out. Yeah. Which is fine. It just, like, it would be nice to be able to have that, like, ability to be the main character or be, you know, and do that. Um, that's all. But I agree. Well, I, I think Persona, like, you can swap, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but again, that's the side characters can't. But I don't know. I I it's kind of like I kind of agree with what Ryan is saying that I feel like it is a complete system. It's just simple. They just right. wish that there was a couple more things tacked on. Exactly. It's not done yet. It's got the base. It needs more. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I think it's a good base, but I think it, it it would do well even if it's not in the base. Like this is the this is the base book, right? So I, I think the ba- like as it stands, that's that's fine. I think it would do well to then have either supplemental books or errata or something that add on, like, and if you wanted to do something more persona main character Joker-esque, you could, uh, you know, you know, ah, you are now all wild cards. You now all can shift what your anima is. Um, or a la Pokemon, you can swap out between different battle buddies or, um, or even something along the lines of, uh, Digimon, or there is something else I can't think of. Um, I, I also have not seen Shaman King. (laughs) Don't at me. I won't see it is the only reason. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, like having something like, a la Digimon where they go up and down in forms and so things that you have in one form might not exist in another form you know fucking war gray sorry language <laughs> uh war Greymon can shoot missiles out of his hands Algumon can't um so like things like that uh would be interesting I don't think the base game needs them but I think that they would do well to think about rules for those kind of situations and put on like you know here's in not so many words, the Persona supplement, the Pokemon supplement, you know, the, uh, I mean, hell, we were talking about the card captor Sakura uh, supplement, you know, the I have being stored in X thing that I can summon. Or, um, Yokai uh, Watch, I gotcha. Oh, I was thinking, what's her name from Fairy Tale that I cannot remember her name now? I've never the seen key. Fairy Tale. I've seen one. Or uh, a more modern one, the Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. The guy who can yeah. like summon the wolves and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to to look at different different shows, different uh Im- different like sub influences and be like, okay, well, how do I make rule sets for if you want to play this thing, or how do I do, you know, how do I do XYZ? I will say, and um, I know Mason is going to hate this with a burning passion. I feel like you can do this with the book as is. It just would require a little bit of modification on the GM's part. And that's the part Mason hates. Mason, you know, I totally get it. 
if I'm homebrewing this, I will homebrew it to the high heavens and make this whatever I want it to be. I will make this monkey dance. Uh, but the thing is we're reviewing the game as it stands, as words written, non-homebrewed. So right. like, as it stands, you can't do it. That's all. No, and I, I agree with, with that. Like, because like, like when I was looking at this, I was thinking like if I was to run like a real Persona or Shin Megami Tensei game, I would just have to homebrew rules. Or like like what Nico said, like just basically have an expansion. But oh, um, but yeah, but we're as you say, we're reviewing it as it is, and I think it's still great. It's still fun. Yes, absolutely, it doesn't, it doesn't fully scratch that itch that I would. I think for me, I would I would want to be like I want the Persona or SMT, you know, side load expansion part. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a great session zero to yeah. just have everyone make a bunch of animus. Um, just a flock of them, and you can swap between be fun them. for a week, and then would get very, very old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing that uh, I could sort of foresee in this game is that I think this is a good um, game to run to for you know one to six games. I don't know if this would be a long time chronicle game at all. I can't see really? it. I can't see that happening because even if you were building a relationship with your animus. Um, you're essentially playing yourself. Um, it would be more interesting if uh, the Animus were a separate player. Um, at that point, exploring that relationship would be interesting. But if you're just, if the Animus is just a heightened version of yourself, it's not really like a full relationship. So therefore, I can't, I just can't see this being a long chronicle game, but great for short games. See, I'm- there's, not, there's not really a big progression either so you could have like a few months of games i think but i couldn't see like running it for like a year straight yeah i'm mixed i think that depends on how quickly you level up you, you all level up the anima because i my go-to game is guys the sin eater which is just this but more rules and uh, ghost cool, guys. yeah guys is great i love it it's this but world of darkness like you know it's this but ghosts um and the abilities aren't as freeform you know i can't I can't just decide what my Geist does. Um, but like I, I, before this had been in a Geist game that ran for a solid few years. Um, so like I could see where this could run that long if you didn't necessarily go like, okay, we've run, like if you're not going to be like every other session we're going to level because then you get your third ability and you're like, okay, well now where do we go? Um, I feel like World of Darkness though has a lot more progression with abilities, XP, merits, and yeah. Something. Whereas this only has abilities. So like once you get to three, what do you? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I like the idea of having the swap out your animus and then yeah, exactly. That. Like you could get more powerful ones or whatever. You know, well, especially if leveling only uh, only. I don't want to say only happens with that, but like, especially if you could separate like your character's experiences and knowledge with, okay, how has your, like what anima, what's your anima's power level? Like, are they, are they lower? Do you need to try to work with them for some reason? Yeah. Well, one thing I'm going to say is um, the book does state that the GM controls the levels. The GM decides when you level up, which I do appreciate because you can't cheese the system. Mm-hmm. that way um and you can sort of decide how long your game is going to go now as someone who's done many many powered by the apocalypse games uh there i do feel like Overarms does lend itself to shorter chronicles maybe 10 20 sessions at most where basically you are supposed to eventually have this character grow out of the story sort of like the anime ends. The last thing you want to do is pull a Dragon Ball where suddenly, oh no, we're back at square one because plot. Um, This does very much lend itself to that style of gameplay, which doesn't work for everyone, I know. Um, I know some people don't like Mask, a new generation, one of my favorite games, because, or uh, Demigods, uh, a game I ran on uh, Saving Throw Show for a very long time. So, some people don't like those games because they're designed for you to be like, and done. Like this character has reached their end point. I cannot continue playing them realistically. And Overarms, you guys are right. When you hit level 10, you get to do some cool stuff and then you kind of have to wrap it up because there's nothing else for you to do. 
And I think that the idea behind that is, well, that's when the new arc starts and there's a new JoJo, but that's not going to work for everyone. And I totally understand that. But I mean, I totally think that's fine. I I think the comment that it couldn't be like a long, long term game isn't really a a negative one. It's just saying like, hey, like I could see getting like six to 10 sessions out of this. Maybe, you know, maybe more, a little bit more, but I couldn't see running it for all year straight. But that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just not at all. Yeah. Like watching a TV show, essentially, but, you know, playing one. Because when many TV shows uh, feature a relationship as being its core, it's similar to what uh, a character and their animus would have. Like, they're going to go through some growth, they're going to go through some fighting, and then they're going to bond together. And you can only do so many of that until um, the relationship ends, whether they get married or divorced or break up. You know, I'm talking about like a TV relationship, but that's essentially the relationship you're going to have with your animus. Because again, if they're just an extension of yourself, then, you know, what else are you playing with? And in this case, it would be the other players. But even they will have like relationships that at some point those characters are going to grow out of. So it can only lend itself to uh, a season or two in a, in a TV series. And then that would be it. And again, just like, um, just like Nikki said, um, that's totally fine. And I completely agree. Those are the really, those are the types of games that only need that much. Right. So one thing I want to talk about is combat because when I corrected myself in part two, Mason was kind of in shock about it. Uh, so basically your AC is equal to your initiative in that combat to use D and D terminology. Uh, now, I personally love that idea because I feel like that shows how combat ready you are. I actually like that idea too. And that your defense is just like your armor type of thing. So like, to me, that's actually a fun idea. So I'm okay with that personally. Right. Um, But then again, I'm not a game designer. So how about you guys? Uh, the reason I, I found it kind of weird is because, like, all right, you roll. Say I've got a, a crap roll. Uh, this one time, I get I get a two for my initiative. Uh, I'm literally the punching bag, and I say you have this for the big bad guy, uh, the you know Dio of this world, and they roll a two for the start of the fight or combat. You're like, well, okay, I, we're just gonna beat the crap out of you. This thing that was a big threat, big villain the entire time is now stripped of any. Like I'm okay having a bad roll for a turn, but to like take it for the entire combat, that's that sucks. That is lame. But it's also their defense. They also have defense too, which is like the flag is their static, like reducing things. Yeah. So a character could have a even if you roll trash initiative, which means you are much easier to hit, the defense can make up for that. Yeah, but the defense is going to be static whether they have a high uh, initiative or low initiative. It's still always going to be there. So it it feels like it's an artificial way to inflate combat. Like if initiative was rolled every round, that might be a little better. But being stuck with this low number for the entire fight, it's like, well, I guess I'm just going to get hit. And uh, yeah, my defense will soak up some of the damage, but I'm just, uh, I got no chance of dodging. It take, kind of takes the agency out of your hands, in my opinion. Hmm. I will say that if we knew, if I knew a little bit more about the different types and how they attacked, um, because it sounds like every single class type uh, requires or um, is based on certain stats, I would have statted my character differently. Um, and that's not a critique necessarily um, on anyone. Oh, that's, that's, you, that's user error, and that's my fault. I should have explained that before we started. Oh, yeah, n- no worries. But um, I feel like. Uh, um, understanding some of that may have helped a little bit of the flavor of how I would have had those attacks. But um, for me, like that's that's pretty minor. Uh, again, um, I'm not looking at a um, at a game that's going to be very complex uh, based off of how I would either play or run this for someone else. And again, I'd be running for people who, um, you know, where Thacko was an extremely foreign concept. It's already a foreign concept to players today, but um, I would want a game that's accessible to run. And this is definitely accessible. Perfect? No. Like, but that's completely okay. 
um, meant for people who are starting to get into these games. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, for instance, I accidentally min-maxed my character because I was like, oh, wait, my my range and my intelligence and my power, like, those range and intelligence, like, were some of the maximum stats, so, so I was rolling such high rolls, but yeah, I mean, like, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, like, I agree with Ryan. I also can see what Mace is saying, like, I think that maybe having the initiative roll every time, um, every time could maybe change that up and make it more dynamic. Again, that's another home rule you'd have to do if you wanted to do that. But yeah, um, but the one dice mechanic that I have kind of maybe a problem with this and I kind of do with like kids on brooms or similar ones is that your best stat can always be your worst stat. Like at least in D&D or something, you have like that plus 10. So even if you rolled a, a two, you're gonna get a 12. But in this, you could be rolling a d12 and you could still get a 1. <laughs> that's very true. Um, I always chalk that up to, though, just that's how dice work sometimes, you know? Um, no, it's what I mean. What I, I mean, like, what I mean is that you have a, you always have that range to always get, like, absolutely a terrible roll. Whereas even in D&D, yeah, you can roll a critical failure, but you generally have that, like, plus, like, a number. So you go, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. I'm I mean. sorry, I so misunderstood. Like, so you have like you have your skill, it's like you have a plus eleven to it. So even if you roll a one, you're gonna get twelve. Whereas in this, if you have a you're rolling a d12, you just roll one, you have one. And it's it's I mean it's okay. It's just for a rules light system, it's fine. Um it's just like a little bit of a gripe I have with this type of rolling system sometimes that like you kind of don't even if you're really good at something, you could just get like a whole bunch of ones on intelligence. Even it's like, this is a basic thing. I feel like my character would get the, yeah, I don't know. So that is fair. Yeah. That, I, I do understand that argument. Um, I don't really know how you could fix that besides adding modifiers or just sort of telling the storyteller or the GM, like, listen, it makes no sense. My character doesn't know this. Yeah. I mean, but no one likes to do that. Yeah. Mean, they kind of handle that in the kids on brooms uh, with the uh, re- not ready to action. I forgot what it was called. Spontaneous uh, where action. Is, is, yeah. Spontaneous one versus uh, prepared, prepared, I believe. Yeah. Where if I'm not under any type of pressure to do this thing, I could just take half of my role. And if say I've got a D12 and I take half of that, that's a six. Like, yeah, I'm going to get most things. I'm not going to pull a, a victor and, and roll a one. That's not going to happen. Like, yes, you know where these classes are. You know uh, where these locations are and these people. You're never going to botch that because that's part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like like that. Like, but this didn't really have a thing for that, which is another thing. Like, well, you can tack it on. It's another thing. Right. I mean, I love this. I do really like Overarms. Like, I I also just bought it. We we love Overarms. It's a good game. But like, yes, there I'm are things nitty, to... Honestly, yeah, I'm being nitty gritty about it. Well, and I, I think I've noticed something. Our worst, the worse the game is, the less we complain about it. <laughs> you want to go back to listen to the Witcher episode? I can send that to you. That's different. That was different. <laughs> Witcher was a game where we looked at it and from top to bottom, we were wondering what were the design choices? Why did they choose this? Why does this book look like this? Why this? Why that? Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to overarms, it's, and I, I don't want to speak for the whole group, but it kind of sounds like the complaint is, this is a great base game. It just needs more on top of it. Yeah. But I like this, and that's why I'm finding these problems. Yeah, yeah there are just a few mechanics I would like to add or rules uh, just put in place for the base game so that no matter who goes up and picks up over arms, you can play the game. You don't need to get this and then the supplement and then the errata on their website that they released three months ago. You don't need any of that. That should all be in the core book. Now, if there was an over arms 1.2 or 1.5 or over arms overdrive, I don't know where it has all this stuff worked in great overarms golden aria exactly you know something like that would be uh, amazing that would be perfect for it but the problem is as base game goes it's got a good base level system it presents interesting mechanics and gives you the tools to create base characters but it doesn't give you enough structure to go beyond it as a game master when i look at different systems the other thing i consider which is hard to uh, quantify is 
how comfortable am I modding this system to get it to the gameplay that I want it to have? That's a very good some, point. Because there are some systems where I'm like, I can't approach this because I feel like if I mess with this part, it just ruins a whole other part and then I have to restructure it and it's not worth it. And this game for me, because I love playing with uh like any system I'm going to have, even D&D, I will still mod for what I want it to do. And so this game, I feel like I'm very comfortable um, adding the mods that I feel like I need to. If it doesn't have healers, that's fine. I could figure out based on this, if I put these two steps together, then I think that would be a reasonable way to heal. And that's a great part for me about a game like this. It's easy yeah. for me to be comfortable modding it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm scared to personally like mod a game like D&D to an extent, but like a game like this, totally, I would, I would be like, yeah, let's just add some rules. So like, for like summoning additional personas and making deals and healing and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, it's not that it's like, it's like, it would be nice if they had stuff in the core book. Um, but it's not a make it or break it for me. Like, I'm still going to pick up and play this and be able to add those and be like, it's fun. I like it. All right. Yeah. Like if they had a thing where like you can only have your main uh, animus for non-combat events, great. But in combat, you have to spend your turn to swap animus. Okay. Yeah. It's like so, four lines right there. Done. <laughs> if, well, that is something to consider. So I feel like at this point we, so uh, Nikki, Brian, Nico, what, at this point, we tend to give the game a very quick and simple review summary. Now, uh, we have it on a scale of one to four. Technically one to five, but we don't do numbers here. We have Burn It, which I don't think this game deserves. That has only been used for The Witcher, and I'm so glad about that. <laughs> don't tweet me about Fatal, okay? Just stop tweeting at me about Fatal. <laughs> uh, avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so really our scores are avoid it. And that means don't bother, skip it, don't waste your money. Uh, play it where if given the opportunity, you should definitely, you know, experience it, have some fun. It might be worth your time. Uh, run it, meaning this game is worth not only investing the time in, but it's worth uh, investing knowledge. And finally own it. This game is worth a spot in your library. So uh, starting with you, Ryan, uh, what rating would you give it? Um, based off of this rating system, I would give it a run it. Nice. Um, run it, um, like literally, I think uh, if you have the system available uh, and you are a new GM, you should definitely run it for new people if you want to get yourself feeling comfortable being able to tell stories. Um, you should also run it for newer players who are starting to get into the system. So I think a run it is an appropriate um, um, factor here. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, which I really like, and I don't know if it's part of the system, is I really like the character sheets. <laughs> the character sheets are just so easy to understand. I don't have to and they're look. they're so cute. They're so cute. And I'm not looking at tons of columns of intimidating things which are intimidating to new players. If I gave this to a new player, if, whether they were eight or 18 or 48, they will look at it and go, I can do this. And that for me is part of the experience. If I can give a sheet to a new player and feel like that they can play this, then I've done half of my job as a GM. And I think that accessibility is important. So run it is my, um, is my stand. Nice. Uh, Nico, I'm torn between play it and run it. Um, I know I personally will likely want to attempt the Digimon version of it. So, like, part of me wants to say run it, um, but I think that because of the ability to shift into so many different anime style verses, I think part of it just depends. Um, so, somewhere between play it and run it, depending on how willing you are to either invest in your own world or a an anime world of your choosing nice uh nikki yeah i think i'm a run it 
I think that I agree with what Ryan said, that this is a really good starting point, not only for players, but also like if you want to start learning to DM, because instead of like learning tons and tons of rules like D&D, you just learn a very simple set of rules, but it's a little bit, it's still a little bit more tangible than really, really rules-like systems. But it's, as we discussed, it is still rules-like enough that you just get it to character sheet. It's really simple. It's really easy to fill out. It's fun, you know, and no matter what age or like type of person you are, generally it's pretty easy to pick up and play. Um, yeah, so I think that if you're going to run or play, it's just a really good starting point. So I would say I would give it a run at for sure. Okay. Uh, Mason. This one was kind of hard for me to land on. Um, initially, I wanted to be like, oh, you should own this. But I'm like, I feel like there is a better version of this game out there in the developers, and it just isn't out yet. Um, I also was like, well, you should run it then. But I'm also of the mindset that you have to homebrew so much, and there are a lot of systems out of the box that are do everything that you're asking for immediately. So I guess I land on play it. If you get the option, you see this in a con or your friends have it, you should definitely jump in on a game. It's a fun, it's a great con game. I think I'm going to run a few of these uh, when we can finally have conventions again. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good, hey, let's build a table, let's build a class, and let's build these wonderful characters. <laughs> as far as beyond that, we need more. Give us more. That is fair. Um, I think I'm a lot kinder to this book because this is oh this is Rookie Jeff's first game. Um, I'm sure they've done plenty of like homebrew stuff, but this is the first time they've had a published book. So I'm definitely treating this with more kids' gloves than I probably should. But in fairness, um, to me, this system is just fun. It's fun and it's easy. And nothing you guys said was wrong. There is a lack of content sometimes, and there is sort of a bring your own toolbox to it. But I still really, really enjoy it. So I'm still, I'm giving a run it. Um, this is a great game if you're a new GM and you're just trying to figure out what you're doing, or if you're just kind of a big weeb like me and you're like, oh, Persona, hot dog. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, final thoughts, anyone? I like the game. It's good. <laughs> I think you felt obligated to say that after being like... Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm critical because I enjoy it so much and I just want more of the game. And I think that's I its biggest that. Yeah, I mean, like, if they had, like, those little bit of Persona-ish, more expansions to me, a little bit less JoJo, more Persona for me. I'd be like, yes, I love this. But it's like, I like it a lot, but it's, I really like it. It's really good. It's just, mm. it's so close to the mark. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with, with everyone here. I think the reason why we are giving so much critique is because we want, uh, it's a good game and we want to see it improve. Like we want it, a little bit more focused, a little bit more honed. Um, and that's just a personal preference. And I agree with what Steven said. If this were a truly bad game, a lot of our compliments would be like, yeah, it was nice. It was okay. And we didn't have that reaction. No. Yeah, it's just like a little bit more and it will be like Shaman King. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have no idea what the Shaman King is. Uh, Final thoughts? (laughs) Sorry. I don't know if they heard you. (laughs) No, sorry. I had my mic up. Um, This was fun. I agree with... I agree with... I believe it was Ryan, like, we we tend to critique the things we like because we enjoy them and want more of them. Uh, I think that was... I, I think that's accurate. And like, this was fun. Like I said, I, I definitely want to figure out how to run something in it. Uh, like I very excitedly during one of the breaks went into the kitchen and told my partner, I'm going to run a Digimon game. Let's go. Uh, because like it, it's a good system for that. And, and it's a good system for that in a way that 
I hadn't seen other systems do. So it definitely fills a niche that I hadn't seen filled, which was nice. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Like I am looking forward to digging into it further and like, yeah, it means I have to homebrew some stuff, but I like it enough that I'm willing to do that, you know? Like it it was fun. <laughs> Any game system that makes you go, just as Nico suggested, I want to run this game is automatically like a decent system at least. And uh, one other thing in terms of like just this particular game that we ran on this series, I love the fact that we got to indulge in our geekiness <laughs> and that we got into the ridiculous because not every game system allows you to get into ridiculous you know a drama club dealing with boys love subjects you know and trying to get actors to be ridiculous i mean like i love this game partly because of that experience because i cannot think of many other game systems that would allow that that is completely fair very true yeah Yeah. well Thank you all for joining me at this table. Uh, Ryan, Nico, Nikki, thank you all so much for being here. Um, Nikki, where can they find you online? You can find me mostly on Twitter at Nikki Wong, W-A-L-N. Um, mostly ship posting or posting video game reviews. Nice. Uh, Mr. Omega. I'm Ryan Omega. You can find me on Twitter under RyanOMGA, on Facebook on Ryan Omega. And you can find me on twitch.tv slash live action roleplay, where I have a few programs, one of them being live action roleplay, where we talk about various roleplays, especially related to LARP and live stream, and game over video chat, where we concentrate on mini LARPs that can be played over Zoom with your friends. And Mixter Nico. Uh, y'all can find me at Twitter at Musicale, M-U-S-I-C-K-A-L-E, um, and occasionally streaming at twitch.tv slash musiclover315, lover with a U. I don't have anything snarky to say about it this time. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Mason, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me online, GM underscore Mace, like the weapon. Uh, yeah, just everywhere you go. <laughs> Very nice. My name's Stephen Pope. I've been your host for the month of January. You can find me online at Stephen J. Pope 22. Um, and make sure you follow Games We Never Play on all social media platforms at GWNP underscore pod. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash games we never play. Also, uh, if you need some new dice, check out our friends at Dice NV and use GWNP at checkout to get 10% off your order. We hope you've had a good month in January. It's a new year. Let's try to make it suck less than last one. Woo. I've been Stephen Pope, wishing you a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.